It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I'm your host, Jay Shear, and I am excited to be in the studio this morning with my special guest, Yaro Spitzfaden. Yaro is a wife, a mother, she's a soft skills coach, a connector, a facilitator, and a work ethic development trainer. Yaro, it is so great to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Jay. I'm excited to be here. Well, it is my pleasure. Lots of things for us to chat about. First, you and your family moved to Palm Coast from Colorado. What was it, about a year ago? Coming up on a year in September, yes. Excellent. So what, what brought you to the Palm Coast area? A lot of factors. Uh, it was living by the water was a, a bucket list, if you will, item. My husband and I are both Colorado natives, or used to be, if, if that no longer applies. Um, and Florida was, in, at least in the continental United States, our pick to live by the water whenever we had that opportunity. But with a young family and life set up in, in Colorado, we didn't know when that might happen. And then a few years ago, um, 2020 changed a lot of things. I was working in education. My husband was a police officer. We had young kids in the school system and a lot changed. And we faced either rebuilding a different type of lifestyle in Colorado or taking the opportunity to set sail on an, a new adventure. So we picked the latter and a five, 10 year plan turned into a six month plan. And here we are. We had been vacationing in Florida for years, lots of different areas, fell in love with the panhandle first, and then found our way over here about five years prior to moving. Fell in love with Blackbird Beach, didn't end up finding a home in Blackbird Beach, but um, we're blessed to be in, in Palm Coast and loving it. Well, beautiful. That's great to hear. So once you moved here and you were starting basically over again, what was the biggest challenge that you faced personally being here, new area? You had some experience in the Flagler Beach and Palm Coast area when you had visited, but what was the biggest challenge that you faced both personally and professionally moving to the area? So it was an intentional move, and we had a house built, so we had time to transition, both intentionally and logistically. But there definitely were foreseen and unforeseen challenges. Professionally, you mentioned in the intro, thank you, that I I captioned myself as a connector. I enjoy doing that. Um, but part of that is the network that I have built up and the people that I know and have the ability to to facilitate those connections based on on that network. And while the beauty of technology allows me to stay connected to my built network to this point, local in-person community is huge. And I didn't have that anymore. So that piece, especially with the work that I do and the calling that I have to help other people from an educational and training perspective needs that foundation. So professionally, that was probably, and I'm not going to say that that challenge is behind me, uh, but I have been intentional about, about facilitating that growth locally. So professionally, that was probably the biggest piece is re and starting 
off because I don't have an interest in going back formally into the administrative side of education and and building community from scratch. Personally, while I said it was an intentional move, all of our family is in Colorado. And that hit me more once I got here than I thought it would. We knew we were leaving. We have every intention of visiting and keeping those relationships alive and well. But going through the holidays and then just the stress of starting over was bigger than I think either of us thought it was going to be. So were you born and raised in Colorado? I was. And so you mentioned your family is you have family that's that's still in Colorado. What are what family do you have there? My mom and my youngest brother are still in Colorado. All of Paul's family, my husband's, is in Colorado. And then I have a sister and another brother in Pennsylvania. Okay. So I want to speak about lessons learned early in life for a moment. What was something that you learned from your mother that you carry with you today, something very specific that resonates very strongly with you that just you carry in your heart and soul? My mom was an amazing woman. She was a homemaker and took care of us for the 35 years we were all at home. She is a nurse by training, but found that her calling in that vocation was helping others be holistically healthy. And so while she had traditional education, her whole life has been more of a natural medicine holistic health venture. And she's you know, maintained and grown that knowledge base all of my conscious life. Now as a parent and mother myself, I so appreciate her knowledge and what I have learned and absorbed from growing up with her and being cared for, but also having that knowledge and skill set myself to take care of my family because, you know, treating the product of the ailment is more sustainable than putting a Band-Aid on a symptom. And, you know, regardless of your perspective in Western Eastern medicine, at the end of the day, we all want the issue to be resolved, not necessarily just be, you know, distracted from from the issues. So, that is huge to me. And I'm very close with my mom. We talk regularly about all kinds of things and we're kind of stunt doubles of each other. So Ooh. I appreciate that too. Uh, well, that's, that's wonderful. Was your father part of your life? He was. And as you think about your father, same type of question, what was one of the big lessons that you took away from your father? intentionality and quest for meaning in life. <laughs> he was obviously a philosophical individual and he was very present, provided for my family all growing up. Unfortunately, we lost him about 10 years ago. Uh, but he wasn't as hands-on as I'm fortunate to experience with my husband and our children, but his, his quest for living a life of meaning and purpose was a parent. And I appreciated that more as an adult. Obviously, as a child, I didn't get that as much. But 
you know, he would read Jonathan Livingston's Seagull and Celestine Prophecy and Return of Merlin by Deepak Chopra. Like, these were bedtime stories growing up. And again, while I didn't get the meaning of them as a child, I remember those stories from a story perspective now. And the conversations that we'd have, as you might imagine, were significantly more in-depth than maybe a lot of children are exposed to in their young years. And then I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to have a relationship with him as an adult where I had more appreciation for that quest. And, you know, we were blessed to have time when we knew we were going to lose him um, to cancer, unfortunately. But that time also allowed conversations to happen and questions to be asked. And as you face your mortality, that's a whole nother adventure. And a lot of that questing came up in those last few years. So, wow. Well, I am, you know, the questions that we ask ourselves can make the biggest difference in our lives, right? The quality of the questions we ask can impact the quality of our lives and asking those deeper questions, whether it's about, uh, the meaning of life, whether it's about death, whatever those questions are, they become so important. And the philosophical aspect of it is always it, – it's so interesting to, to me, and I can go down a rabbit hole there, which I won't do. <laughs> but in terms of questions, what are what are one or two bigger questions that you're asking yourself today? Oh, that's a, a big question. In the interest of time and conciseness, um, impact is a big deal and and meaning of life. And I would contribute that a lot to my dad and the exposure that I had to that questing growing up. I was raised in the woods. I'm a you know barefoot hippie girl at heart. And that connection to nature and you know, maybe more wildflowers and rainbows than some other people. I would be the person to say, oh, I just want world peace <laughs> um, if I had the opportunity to be asked that question. But what, as I've matured and grown up, I've realized that, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of the starfish being tossed back into the ocean, but it's one of my favorites. But I, as an individual, may not be able to save the world. And there's been many avenues as I've pursued a variety of career pursuits where that was initially kind of my intention. Like I want to develop the skill set and save the world. But I realized that that holistically or completely might not be feasible, but my ability to make an impact and toss the starfish, the pebble, whatever into the metaphorical ocean and create that ripple effect is something that I have control of and something that I can be intentional and positive and impactful with. So that has been, I guess, to go back to your question, it's how do I do that the best that I can if my intention is to create the most positively impactful legacy? How can I rise to the occasion to be able to do that in the most efficient way? And then parenting, I mean, that's a, a big venture, and I try to be very intentional about that too and am presented regularly with growth opportunities. I absolutely love that response and you articulated it so well. So thank you for sharing that. And now that I know that you're a hippie at heart, <laughs> I think I like you even more. So 
if if you think about yourself and you think about the way that you show up to the world, what is your favorite thing about yourself? I, in general, have a pretty positive attitude and I have learned more from a, a professional space, but learned how impactful that in and of itself can be to not be the person that brings down the energy in the room, but to be the person that is at least neutral or on the positive side of that spectrum. That certainly presents as challenges. I'm not going to say that I'm always chipper, but in general, I think I'm pretty chipper and positive. And I care. I care deeply about people and things, not material things, but issues and the world, animals, the environment. And that can be a double-edged sword. And I've learned how to, you know, manage, I don't really say set boundaries, but um, manage that depth of care. But I think that it's a skill that I have that I'm continually learning how to use. And that because of that innate motivation to care deeply, I'm able to go places that maybe is easier for me than some other people. And I feel like my relationships have been rewarded because of that. Even if it didn't necessarily require that depth, I've found benefit in going deeper in order to foster those. And relationships, I believe, are at the heart of almost everything. So, Well, I would agree with you there. Well, Yaro, we are going to take a brief break here to thank our amazing sponsors. My friends, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. We will be right back. Don't you go anywhere. Looking for a trusted advisor to help you buy or sell real estate? Look no further than Jack Corbett at Coldwell Banker Premier Properties. With over 20 years of experience in real estate, Jack is an award-winning top producer ready to help you achieve your real estate goals. First-time homebuyer or a seasoned investor, Jack has the expertise and knowledge to guide you through the process. Call 386-569-1872 and take the next step in your real estate journey. That's 386-569-1872. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Michael Zeef, put his experience to work for you. Michael Zeef proudly serves Flagler County families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call Michael Zeef at 386-276-9130 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's Michael Zeef at 386-276-9130. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Got bugs? No one likes bugs. I'm Brad with Eagle Pest Solutions. Get rid of and prevent bugs with Eagle Pest Solutions. Human and pet safe annual treatments. If the bugs come back, so do we for free for one year from treatment. Your Flagler County locally owned and veteran owned pest control solution. 
safer, better, and less intrusive. Roaches, ants, or spiders, call today. Eagle Pest Solutions, 386-445-7414. That's 386-445-7414. All right, we're back, and again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am in the studio today with my very special guest, Yaro Spitzfaden. We're having a fantastic conversation, and right before the break, we were talking about, or Yaro was talking about, motivation and how motivated she typically is, and so I want to tug on that thread for just a moment, and Yaro, my, my question to you is, what are some of the ways that you motivate yourself when you don't feel like doing the work. That's tricky. Doing the work. I mean, I'm a soft skills and work ethic development trainer. So doing the work is deep seated and that comes from my childhood also, but having motivation obviously is key. And I work on and focus on this in my own life talk with other people about this a lot. I think making the most of each day is the biggest piece of that. And we all have days where we don't wake up and feel like we've got 110% to give. But doing your best in whatever that looks like, if your best is a 60% day or if your best is a 120% day, great. But showing up your best and giving your best effort is a big deal to me. And I tried to do that. Certainly I fall short and it's something that I always am am working to improve upon. But I have been blessed in my life in giving that effort and doing my best, applying myself to whatever the undertaking is in the best of my ability. And again, that's not always amazing, but in the moment I try to be cognizant of applying myself to the best that I can. And that intention pulls me through. There's definitely days that it's more challenging or I feel more distracted. I mean, as a parent and a professional, a spouse, all the other hats of life, I think one of my biggest challenges is focus on any one piece and then giving each of the pieces my best when it's not a sole focus. And yeah, some days that looks better than others but but my desire to do my best is the root of that you know what one of the things that i that i really appreciate is that you didn't mention perfection you know that you didn't mention that my goal or my objective is to be perfect because we know that really there is no perfection right it's something that we many of us try to chase but that goal line keeps moving, right? Because there truly is no perfection. But I love the way that you stated that. Just doing my best, whatever my best is, and reaching my personal potential. Share with us how you set yourself up for success each day. Just very briefly, speak to some of the things that you do first thing in the morning to decide how you're going to start your day and how you show up fully prepared with intention and ready to own the day. Well, you've been an inspiration, Jay, in this regard, because I will venture that you're much more intentional in the mornings than I am. But 
I my mornings are usually getting everybody ready for school and work and everything. So I have my my coffee ritual and the mindset prep. I would say more than anything physical for the day. I know what I have to accomplish. I prepare whatever that looks like in addition to the necessities of the day, make sure kids have lunches, etc. I try to impart you know, motivation and intention in my kids too. So having that um, example, if not words, is is part of the morning, making sure that everybody puts their best foot forward as best as we are able. And although vague, I would say intention is really the piece. I am not a heavy schedule, formal ritualistic person by personality type or practice, but I have intention behind what I do and pretty much everything that I do. And so whatever any given day duties um, or responsibilities entails, my mindset and intention, and then what will be required to show up in my best capacity to meet those goals and objectives. That was vague, but I think it's more mindset than anything in giving mental time and space and grace. You mentioned perfection. I think giving yourself grace in regard to perfection is huge. And my dad was described as a perfectionist. So I grew up in a space that doing your best was implied and required, not in a crazy way, but that, that intention was instilled early that if it was obvious that it wasn't as good as we could do, we were asked to try again. Did you, at that stage in life, did you feel like you were good enough? (laughs) At that time? Yes. I don't recall ever being overly criticized for anything. It was more that obviously wasn't as good as you could do. Do it again. Um, And I don't ever recall there being a, okay, everybody sit down and this is what, you know, work ethic or giving your best looks like. But we did have more of the nuclear family model. We sat down for dinner. My dad went to work all day, every day. There was a correlation between work and effort and reward. And so gratefully all of myself and my siblings have good work ethic. You know, we're good workers and and people. And I give my parents credit for that. Um, In my growing up years, I absolutely struggled with self-worth and, and personal confidence. And it wasn't until after years of dysfunction and therapy that I realized that that was a thing for me. But I'm not going to say that the high level of standards or requirements might have contributed to that feeling, but it wasn't a, I had a fine growing up experience. It wasn't anything that was cognizant, but you never know how experiences settle in one's cognitive experience. That's right. What did you learn about yourself as you were going through therapy and going through this self-exploration and trying to discover more about you. What did you learn? A lot. On what we were just talking about, I I didn't have a traumatic childhood, gratefully. 
but there were dynamics. <laughs> you know, I say jokingly that we put the fun and dysfunction just like the rest of everybody. But it was fine, and I had a fine childhood. It, but it wasn't until, you know, late 20s, and I had gone through some stuff in my young adult life that was a mess, that I found myself in therapy to try to deal with those pieces. And through that that dialogue and learning, I realized that some of the situational, environmental components of how I was raised lent themselves to comfort in situations that weren't necessarily healthy. And I wasn't conscious of that correlation until it got brought up like that. But there were flags that me as a woman now would have, I would see them. But before I was aware of those flags, they weren't flags. And then that found me in situations I didn't want to be in, but they didn't seem flaggy. And, and that awareness for me was huge. Also that not everything, well, let me more concisely say realm of control. That's been a huge learning for me too. You, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the world to us, our experience, but you can't really do anything about it. What you can do is how you respond and what you have control over. And, and that's really not a whole lot. But going through the self-growth and healing phase, most of that is what can you do about yourself. And that jointly gave me tools and confidence to be able to influence what I could actually influence, but also released a tremendous weight off my shoulders on the other players. And that, that didn't really have anything to do with me. Yeah, that is so powerful, Yaro. The self-awareness aspect as well as recognizing the things that we can control and the things that are outside of our control. You know, as I like to say, control the controllables. And I didn't set this question up intentionally but it was something I wanted to explore with you. But I actually wrote about this this morning. I put out a video about the things that we control versus the things we don't control and why it's important to acknowledge and recognize those so now we can do something about the things that we can actually influence and let the other things go. So I appreciate you sharing that piece of your story with us. I think it's very important to acknowledge the areas that we can work on and regularly assess our how we're showing up. What are the areas that I can improve upon? What are the things that I can do to become the best that I can be? Not comparing myself to someone else, but comparing myself to who I am and who I was yesterday. Because we're always in a period of change and a period of growth. And if we are not growing, we know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Yaro, I would love it if you would give our audience a challenge. What is something that you would challenge all of us, including me, to do? Look in the mirror and be honest about what that reflection portrays. I know from personal experience how challenging that can be. And often that the most crucial times that that tool is valuable are the times that you don't want to do that. Um, but my experience, you know, grow through challenge, grow through what you go through, <laughs> you know, the, the nastiest 
dirtiest, lowest parts have been my trampoline to where I have gotten. And back to realm of control, control what you can, really, it starts with you. So if you want to do better, have better, be better, it starts with you. And being able to take that time for reflection, because I'm going to put my academic hat on a little bit, but you don't learn what you don't know or aren't exposed to. So the awareness of self-reflection and then the willingness and the grace to know that it's not going to be perfect and then take those learnings and apply them in baby steps, 1% every day. You know, there's a lot of models. Don't take your laundry list and feel like, you know, that's a a hit to your self-worth and confidence. But look and see where you can improve and then pick the little thing that you can work on and, and regularly make that evaluation because it can be just a tremendously valuable and life-changing tool. Absolutely. What a great challenge. And for all of you that are listening right now, I certainly hope you take Yaro up on that challenge because <laughs> it is a powerful one. And Yaro, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today on Business Minds Coffee Chat. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have the conversation. Thank you for thank you for your your authenticity and for sharing of your insights and part of your story and allowing us the opportunity to have the conversation first and foremost and to learn from you. So thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you all so very much for tuning in to Business Minds Coffee Chat. We'll be back next Saturday morning at 830. And until then, keep learning and growing and keep working to reach your potential. Take care, everybody. 